Wait, what? Wait, what? We're on? We're live? Again? Part two? Hey, you. <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> Hopefully this time uh, I, we won't get kicked off. Well, we were uh, talking bad about America, y'all, which I'm sure. If you've listened to the show for a while, you kind of expected that today. And uh, ironic that our show recording day just happened to kind of fall on the fourth. Right. But um So yeah. Totally it was just, you know. Oh yeah. look. The fourth of July, randomly on a Tuesday. Wait what recording? Typically on a Tuesday. Typically on a Tuesday, so you know. But um this time around we will be nice much kinder. Yay, can yay is Independence Day. Congratulations. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> We're still not celebrating. <laughs> no? no, okay. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Dear Mr. Anchor, please do not cancel us. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Mr. Anchor. This is a free quote unquote country. And I have free quote unquote speech. Free. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Well, I have uh, not done a whole lot today, as I usually don't do a lot this summer. But um, I did fire up the grill because I was requested to. What did you grill? Um, some jalapeno poppers. Some Kingsford makes um, a homemade sausage, like sausage link. Uh-huh. But my mom wanted to try. It's okay, nothing special. Yeah. And then some hot dogs, but it's those Franks that like are insert like uh, what's the word inseminated with cheese. Oh, got you. Okay, and so uh, and so that that you know nothing special. It was literally the hardest part of the whole thing was starting the fire, and that's not hard either. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, I did a little cooking myself today, but nothing, nothing special. Yeah, your salmon. Yeah, is that what you did today? That looked incredible. You that liked it? Good. Yeah, it was well played. You're right that. Something like the potatoes did not look like potatoes. I thought that those were scallops. Oh, did you? Interesting. Is that is that the thing in the middle? Yeah, they're smashed potatoes. Yeah, I didn't know what the hell that I read smashed potatoes. But I was just like, I don't know what the hell that is. It looks like scallops. <laughs> yeah, you just uh, you just boil like uh, fingerling potatoes till they're like fourth tender, and then you. Uh, take them out and you just smash them with like the bottom of a glass until they kind of flatten out. And then you put them on a cookie sheet and kind of drizzle them in some butter and olive oil, whatever seasonings you like. I mean, you just bake them until they're at like the crispiness that you enjoy. Oh, that seems unnecessarily fancy. It's really good. I mean, they were like really soft in the middle, really, really crispy on the outside. Um, it just, it needed some kind of color, uh, like some yeah. kind of, because it was just a lot of like brown and green. But even, like, the herbs on the potatoes didn't really stick out. So then it was just like, hey, asparagus, and then, like, just, like, brown potatoes. 
and reddish brown salmon. It was Cajun season. That's like 90% of everything I cook. I have a Creole spice mix I use because it's just my favorite thing ever. And I'm trying to branch out, but God, I just Creole season everything, man. It's everything better. Like, nobody cook better food than Louisiana, man. Like, Creole season food is just... They uh, definitely have flavor. I'll put that put it that way. They they uh, they have the flavor in the bayou. It's good, man. Um you should try using lemon pepper more. Lemon pepper is is like when I get in a kick where I really, really love using lemon pepper. And lemon pepper with my salmon uh goes well, especially when I lemon butter my asparagus. It complements the flavor a little bit more. Oh yeah, that sounds delicious. I mean, I always put like fresh lemon on my salmon, like fresh squeezed lemon. Mm-hmm. And then it's and then it's cooked with pepper. But I bet just a straight up lemon pepper seasoning would be phenomenal. Yeah. Then uh, I've bought a lemon pepper marinade that I've used. You know, put the salmon in the marinade for a little while and. How was that? Then cook it. It would that would turned out. That was probably some of the best salmon that I've done. Okay. And I I love using my uh, George Foreman to do salmon. George cooks, Foreman. Yes, because it I cooks forgot at, about those things. Yeah, you know, it cooks at the high temperature and cooks evenly on both sides. And I still do a flip on with it. You get a nice little sear. I dig the foreman. I do you take my- Do you take the skin off of your salmon when you make it on the yes. salmon? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, would think I take so. my skin off no matter how I cook it. Really? Yes. I do okay. not cook with the skin on. Okay. I people, just- I've seen people do and they say that, you know, the fat in the skin, blah, 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 increase flavor. Yeah. I just don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't see it. I don't get it. Um, I've had people salmon with the skin on, and I'm just like, yeah, you just made me have to do extra work. <laughs> I just, um, I score my skin side about a half, quarter inch deep, and then I uh, sear it fish side down first until I like the crust I get on it, and then I flip it. I turn the heat down by just a little bit, and I just let it that skin crisp for like probably these were pretty thick i think i cooked these ones for about seven minutes on the fish side probably or i'm sorry one minute on the fish side seven minutes on the skin side and then i use i've been i invested in a meat thermometer that's been a lifesaver um yes i'm not trying to gauge like i can look at something and know when it's cooked like or i can look at something and know when it's not raw <laughs> but i've learned i might have been overcooking some of my food for a good little bit now because <laughs> where sam like the texture of this salmon where it's supposed to be cooked quote unquote restaurant quality food safety standards and the texture i'm used to are like two different things <laughs> like like i guess i was overcooking my salmon but it had it still i always thought it tasted good but this like it's a lot softer now when i cook it to the it it was a little weird at first day i was like oh this is odd salmon's not supposed to have this texture but Experts tell me that's how it's supposed to be cooked, so that's how I'm oh cooking it. <laughs> I have a friend um, 
he would make he made seven for me one time. Like uh, he was just like you know he was a young cook. He was the one, um, you know. Remember the the chicken parmesan and somebody had commented that I had showed them you know did a cooking demonstration. Oh, showed them how to cook. Yeah, uh, chance. Well, it was our other friend, uh, Tristan. And Tristan, you know, he was novice cooking everything. He was just like, I want to make you salmon. And so I went over and watched him prepare the salmon. He just took the salmon and put it on the plate, uh, on the on the uh, pan, and put it in the oven. Like, there was no seasoning. Oh, he, didn't he didn't season take the, it? He didn't season it. He didn't take the skin off. And when <laughs> it was done, he put some pepper on it and salt. And I was just like, and it was so overcooked. <laughs> I was just like, so you know, I was I was being polite because you know I wanted to, I wanted to see what he was doing, and I wanted to be able to to make comment on the overall product and, and the procedure, and not just like one step at a time. So mm-hmm. after all, it was all done. I was just like, okay, you. You can do this a lot better. <laughs> yeah. This is how you can do this a lot better. And so I went through that whole process. But yeah, but the overcooking thing, like he was just like, well, I just want it to be white all over. I want it to be white and through. I'm just like, well, a good salmon, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be white all the I mean, way. You're supposed to be medium rare, bro. Yeah, exactly. And that's I don't eat steak meat <laughs> You know? It, but but I'm teaching myself. I'm I'm teaching myself, man. I'm just like, all right, Damien. If these if these people know what the hell they're talking about, just <laughs> you don't know. Just do it how they say. I did that. Right, um, just do it their way. And I'll talk up and I'll talk about it a little bit during my millennial moment, but I had a similar experience cooking earlier this week and i was just like oh like it took i just had to trust the experts because i it it went against everything that i know about cooking (laughs) i was struggling bro yeah i can i i'll get into that i feel that it can happen for sure i've always thought i was a decent cook and i can cook chicken and and things but like i'm trying to teach myself trying to diversify a bit and i'm just like okay (laughs) all right i'll eat this medium rare steak because that's what they tell me that's how i'm supposed to eat it okay Mm. i don't i think that people can tell you how to cook something but i mean everyone has very individualized taste buds and so you know medium rare just doesn't do it for everybody i don't want my meat mooing that meat (laughs) <laughs> and even at even at medium with a cool pink center, like the texture changes when something's been cooked. And when it's not cooked, you can tell. And so I I can tell. <laughs> if something is not cooked well enough for me, like I can tell and I don't want to eat that. I don't want to eat raw meat. Yeah. I want it to be cooked, so I'm not one of those medium rare people. Like, I'm trying to make myself a medium rare person, man. (laughs) 
the texture didn't change, then I don't want that. That it's that's not cooked. That's how I feel. That's how I feel about it. Right? Craziness, craziness. But you know, um, here we are. We we in our previous you know conversation we talked about. You know, I was thinking that this was the day that you know that we that England finally gave up on us. But really, it's the day that we decided, you know what? We're going to be our own thing. You can't tell us what to do anymore. Yes, we sir. declare that we are our, our own little country over here. We are an independent-minded country. And King, I think it was King George, was just like, oh, the hell you are. We own you fools. You guys bring us, you guys ship us back some good stuff. We tax it and we like it. And so uh, they were just like, nah, we're going to fight. <clears throat> we fought, fought, fought. And, and eventually, uh, we became our own. Eight years later. Eight years later, they are just like, fine, take your little rock. Go and beat all <laughs> your black people. Fine, it's fine. Let's do it. And so I spent Independence Day doing what my ancestors did, and that was cooking and cleaning. So, <laughs> so go America. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did I tell a lie? No. No, just an uncomfortable truth. Uncomfortable truth. Thus, the story of America. <laughs> Just a whole bunch of uncomfortable truths. Truth. Yeah. It really is. That we don't want to talk about CRT. C- oh, critical race theory. I was like, CRT? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is that? What is that? Um, man, so what else went on during your week? It was a short week for us. We recorded last Thursday, so it hasn't been a complete seven days. <sighs> um, gosh, I mean, a lot of my week is centered around my millennial moment, <laughs> if I'm being yeah. honest with you. Um, but really, I mean, Friday, Friday was not special. I can't recall one little thing about Friday. Saturday, was I off? Saturday, I was off. It was a nice little lazy off day. I feel like I did something in the evening on Saturday. Oh, man. Bro. Okay. I'm a grown-ass adult, Courtney. I'm 26 years old. My best friends are 27 years old. They're both a year older than me. Tell me why this dude wants to text me on Thursday talking about Hey, do you want to hang out on Saturday? And I'm like, uh, sure. Like, that's fine. He's like, cool. I don't like, we'll just get dinner and we'll hang out. I'm like, all right. Sounds like a plan. And, um, did I lose you for a little bit there? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. I didn't hear anything for a minute. I mean, all of a sudden I did and I got a little concerned. Um, so I'm like, all right, bet. So I text him on Saturday and I'm like, hey. Uh, I'll head over to your place about like six if that's fine. He's like, uh, no, I'll do eight. I'm helping my dad with something. I'm like, all right, cool, that's fine. 
Tell me why this fucking dude texts me or calls me at eight. He well, he told me he had something going on. He should be done about eight o'clock. He'll call me, tell me where to meet him once he's done. All right, bet. Tell me why they call me at eight thirty-five, talking about meet us at ten. Excuse me. First of all, I haven't ate since like eleven because I'm like expecting to go to dinner at a normal time, like a normal human being. And I have become the world's grumpiest mf or whenever I don't get food, bro. I'm a fat kid. And I am mean when I'm hungry. <laughs> and they know that. They've been my friends for years. Like, my oldest friends. And I'm like, oh, y'all got me effed up. And he's like, I, I'm sorry. Like, whatever, it's running late. Maybe around 9.30, I'll let you know. I'm like, all right, cool, fine, whatever. So I get there at 9, like, 25. I didn't do my super early thing because I know them. Um... They were like, meet us at Texas Roadhouse at 9.30. So I got there like 9.25. And I go to the lady, and there was actually no way for a table. But she goes, we can't seat you to your whole parties here. I'm like, okay. So I sit outside. Alan decides to pull up at 9.55. Then tell me why we get to 10.15, and ain't nobody heard from Tanner. We done called him like four or five times. We haven't heard from Tanner. And like... I'm not eating at Roadhouse. Why? Because they close at 11. It's now 1027. I'm not about to walk in there at 1030, 1040 and order food. I'm not that person. So I'm like, what are places in Midland that are open later than 11 o'clock? And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's 30 whole minutes. It's, no, if you're in shutdown mode okay. early, that's not okay. Not acceptable. I don't go to any restaurant before 45 minutes before they close. What? I simply refuse. I've worked in the industry for too long, and it's a uh, bitch, especially in a kitchen like that. No, fuck off. Hell no. I'm like, I gave y'all five minutes. Yeah, if, I get there, if I get there five minutes until it closes, then hey, I expect I expect y'all to work. And you're that guy, and that's fine, but I'm not that guy. Um, and then, so we're like, alright, there's like two places in town that are open. Like, two places. So we go to, like, Bubba's. We still haven't heard from Tanner, but me and Alan, we tell them, like, oh, yeah, table for two. And then, like, right after we got our drinks, like, oh, yeah, we have a buddy who's going to join us. He's on his way. So they couldn't mess with us. Um, we start to call Tanner again. Now his phone's going to take the voicemail. And we're like, what the fuck? Oh, my gosh. Here? What happened to Tanner? I'm concerned now. Well, we were, or too. Tanner. Um, Tanner was fine. Tanner's just a dumbass who lets his phone die all the time. So... What happened was Tanner had to go to his dad's house, hook up a trailer for his dad, do some other stuff. Then he was going to, like, meet us at Roadhouse. Well, his phone dies mid-hooking up the trailer. He's sitting around Roadhouse from, like, 1040 to 1050. He can't find us. But he just <laughs> he just goes home, assuming that we're not having dinner anymore, plugs his phone in. Then when his phone finally charges, I get a call from him. He's like, what the hell happened? And I'm like, no, mother F. Like, what happened with you? And mind you, I'm mad at this point. I'm hungry. I haven't ate since 11 o'clock. I don't like feeling like people wasted my time. Like I told, I told them, you guys call me when you're on your way to the restaurant. Oh, no, just go there at 930. Meet us there. We'll be there. That already pissed me off because I could have been home. Like you wasted my time. I don't like having my time wasted. I'm very irritable about that. So now I'm just sitting around. And, like, me and Alan had a good conversation once we got to the restaurant. But I was still sitting around in my freaking car for 30 minutes. And I didn't even show up early because I know what to expect from those two. And so then 
this dude's like, oh, okay, I'll go to Bubba's. So then, like, I, I'm there with them from probably about, like, 11 to, like, 12, 15. Well, I got to be out for work at 7 a.m. the next day. So I'm, like, about to leave. He's like, where are you going? Well, fuck do you mean where am I going? It's <laughs> midnight. It's tomorrow. And I got to be up in six and a half hours. It's going to take me 20 minutes to get home. I got to shower, brush my teeth, get into bed, sleep for five and a half hours, wake up, deal with dumbasses at work all day. Like, like, we're not 18 anymore. We are 26, 27-year-old grown-ass adults. And you want to act over here talking about it's 12.15. It's 12.15. It's bedtime. I was so irritated. so freaking irritated. Oh, my God. Was I was so mad that day. Um, well, you know, for one thing, you're so old. You're such an old man. You can, dude, I told them you know, I had to be awake at six the next day to get to work. Yeah, I get that, and, and that is responsible. However, however, <laughs> you're only twenty six. Jesus, you're supposed to still be able to do that. I work a grown man's job, Courtney. I got to deal with people. Still. I have to be. I have to be in a good mood. I can't. I can't be tired one day and say something rude to somebody. Like I can't do that. I have to be Mister Consistent, and I can't do that off of five and a half hours of sleep. I need seven to eight hours of sleep. I am a horribly unpleasant person when I do not get seven to eight hours of sleep, and I keep myself on a relatively strict sleep schedule. And when that gets interrupted, my body does not like it. If I didn't have to work the next day. I wouldn't have given a damn. If I didn't have to be until 11, I'd have stayed out till 3 in the morning. I had to be awake by 6 a.m., 6.20 at the latest, to be dressed and out of the house to, in time to get to work at 7. And this dude's talking about, it's only 12.15. What the? F- what? I was irritated. <laughs> that is kind of early. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> That is tomorrow. We started hanging out today. I left tomorrow. Like, what do you mean? You're so old. Oh. So old. Like, like for years, our friendships has been, like, get together at, like, five or six, hang out till midnight, one in the morning, enjoy each other's company, call it a night. Yo, we didn't even start hanging out till 11. God, that's how you're supposed to do it in your 20s. Oh, my God. No. That's that 20s life. Mm, screw that. I mean, I still have friends here in my 40s that don't eat dinner until 10-something. That's just bad for your body. That is bad for your body. <laughs> and so whenever I hang out with them, I, I know. My body already knows. We're going to eat really, really hella late, like super late, much later than expected. And so to still, it means that we're going to be up all night. And again, I would have been less annoyed if one, you hadn't changed 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. I didn't even eat dinner until like 1130 that night, bro. (laughs) I don't ever go 12 and a half hours in between meals. Hell no. Well, no. consider, consider it intermediate intermediate fasting. No, that's screw big that. right now. That's that's the thing. So, 
I actually did intermittent fasting for a little bit um, when I wasn't working food industry, and it's like freaking wonderful. If you actually keep yourself oh. that schedule, that stuff is awesome. Um, well, see, there but you working, go. Working, but working food service, that's not that's not possible. Um, it's just not possible. But uh, yeah, that was Saturday. Saturday was I was irritable. <laughs> so mad <laughs> and i told them both too i was like don't be surprised that i'm sitting here pissed off when you done told me this you told me this you told me that and you two always do this and you never consider about other people's time and i don't know how either one of you do it you both work 14 hours i was like maybe that's why you guys do it because you work 14 hour days and you just don't give a shit but you know what <laughs> i was going off <laughs> oh my no and they just sit there and they just look at me and they laugh They're like are you done yet are you done yet? And I'm like, and another thing. <laughs> it's just like, what? y'all aren't 18 anymore. Stop acting like it. They're just like, are you done, Grandpa? Are you done? <laughs> and what's grandpa? funny is when we, when we were younger, it was like the opposite. They were like the old men. And I was like, we're alive. Let's drink till 5 a.m. And then let's sleep for three hours and do it the next day. And they're like, do you want to go get dinner at Fur's Cafeteria? I like the buffet. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go eat at Fur's. And now I'm like freaking 27. And I'm just like, you guys want to go get dinner at Olive Garden? Like, I heard they have like a little pasta discount right now. Like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> the world's uh, reversed. I miss Fur's. Fur's was kind of lit. I'm not going to lie. Fur's was actually really like kind of good. <laughs> But well, and then they had the free soft serve at first. That was what really did it for me. Um, I missed that. And what was that See, other buffet that was like Wild West buffet? That place was lit too. Wild Man. West buffet. I don't know anything about Wild West buffet. And it was called Wild Something. It was right there. It's like a Mexican restaurant there now, but it was like on the corner of like uh, Thomason and Wall Street or something oh, like that. We call it the Western Sizzler. Yeah, that's what it was. That place, was, I don't, that place is pretty good, too. I don't know why that wasn't on my family's list of places to go, but we did not sizzler very much. I knew that it was a buffet. I knew of it, but I can't really say that I went there a whole lot. I think the only two buffets that are even open anymore are, like, what, Grant, the Chinese place and, and Golden Corral in Odessa? Don't forget about CC's Pizza. Oh I'm God! Did you know I worked there for years? At CC's, I worked there from fourteen to seventeen, and then at fourteen, yeah, I was a busser. Why do you uh, think I'm such a workaholic, man? I've been working since I was fourteen. Grief. <laughs> and then my sister worked there for the longest time. So it was like a little family affair. She's my manager at one point. Yeah, it was cool, but uh. Um, so that was Saturday. Um, Sunday, I mean, was a really, I just worked and went home. It was a very relaxed kind of day. Oh, uh, we had book club. Well, we almost had book club. And then <laughs> Stephanie, I'm adding you right now for whenever you listen to this, or Waylon. Stephanie and Waylon, one of their friends came into town. One of their friends they see like every other weekend. And she's like, Oh, we're going to get dinner. We're barely leaving now. So, like, you guys just have a good time. I'll catch up next week. And I'm like, all right. Like, they could have had you any other day of the week. You don't saw this dude last week or, like, two weeks ago. This is our night. But 
So me, Katie, and Zariah, I cooked them dinner, and we're going to talk about that during a little moment. I cooked them dinner, and then we started watching some MasterChef because um, they're watching MasterChef. Well, Katie's been watching a lot of MasterChef with me, and then we're just, like, talking and chit-chatting and drinking while we're watching it, and we're, like, predicting the winner. And I just finished that season today, and Katie picked the winner correctly. I picked the runner-up, so I suck. Um, and uh, then, like, halfway through, Katie's like, I've never had lobster, not one in my life. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So now we're driving all over town. I'm trying to find live lobster. You cannot find live lobster in this ghetto-ass town to save your life. Like, what happened to the lobster tanks? The little tanks with the lobsters in them. Bro, that's inhumane. We don't do that anymore. All anyone has is, like, frozen lobster tails. Mm-hmm. I need a live lobster. So, anyways, no, we, I like... Bro, we don't do that anymore. So, I bought the I bought the tails. We cooked them. Katie did not like lobster. Me and Zariah were like, well, this shit smacks. <laughs> me, and Kate, me and Zariah were like, yeah, this shit is delicious. Um, Katie was not about it. She doesn't like much seafood, so she didn't think she was going to like it, but she wanted to try it. She did not like it. Me and Zariah That's were like, a yeah, pretty... This- Look, that's a pretty expensive experiment. It was only 20 bucks for the two tails. Yeah, it was actually honestly a lot cheaper than I thought. Because if it was a live lobster, I probably would have spent like $45, $50. Yeah. But I was fine with that. I've cooked lobster before, and I can cook a damn good. When I lived in Massachusetts, we, we used to cook them maybe every like every like month and a half to two months, kind of in that range. And I can cook a damn good lobster, but like when it's just the tails and they've been frozen, it's just not the same, and... Like I said, me and Z liked it, but KD was not about it. Um, and then uh, Monday I worked, and today I worked, so that's, that's my week. Interesting. Yeah, I went on a little longer rant than I intended to. My <laughs> I, uh, I've never cooked lobster. Of course, I've had it, but I've never cooked it myself. Um. And I don't think that I would want to cook like a live lobster and hear it scream in the pot. I, I can't do that. Same thing with like crawfish. Like I've been to crawfish boils where like I've been through the whole process and they start out all live crawling around in the bag and everything and whoever is crawfish boil it is, they're like, oh, look, Courtney, look, aren't they cute? And they're all snapping and looking and everything. Yeah. And then, and then he lowers them in the, and you know, he puts them in water and everything. They're still just all happy, trying to claw their way out and on top of each other. And, and then he drops, he puts it like over the fire, and they're just like screaming. They're just like, no, no, and like you can hear them, and it's so like, I don't know. I have feelings about all that. It's just something just doesn't seem very humane about that. Yeah, well, with the lobsters, I do the thing where you drive the knife through their head before you put them in the pot, and it kills them, and they don't feel any pain. Um, but yeah, I can't do the whole like I haven't cooked I haven't cooked live crabs before. I just never have, but I feel like I would struggle because like you ha- don't you kind of have to put the crab alive in the pot? Well, I thought with all seafood, if you don't, it releases some sort of like toxin, endorphin, or whatever. That no, it's supposed to be bad for you or whatever. No, there's a way with lobster where you can like, and you might want to ask like Chef Willie about this. I feel like he could give you a much uh, better answer than I could. But there's a way where you can like, you put the knife on this certain point on their head and you just bring it down quickly and it just like immediately just kills them. Like 
just severs the brain. They're dead. They're done. And then you put them right in the pot and they cook just fine. And I know it's completely safe. It's like a nowadays in like the cooking industry, it's considered the humane way to kill lobster. It's inhumane to just put a live lobster in a pot these days. You're supposed to put to do like the head cut technique and then put them in the pot. Hmm. Um, whole, whole thing seems a little on the Dr. Evil side. <laughs> That's fair. I know a lot of people are like, I'm not butchering my food. Give it to me dead. I don't want to think about it. And right. And I'm the same way for everything except like I just I want to try to cook a live lobster. So. Aww. Poor lobster. Especially so, yeah. up there in Maine, like or in Michigan, or Massachusetts. Massachusetts. What are those in places? You were gonna get to the. You're gonna say Montana next. Okay, I'm cycling through all the M's eventually. You know, especially there when, like, in the morning, they were all swimming with their friends and family, and then by the evening, they're on a plate staring at somebody else. It's just like... Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I agree. Poor guys. I agree. <laughs> um, but what about your... Tell us about your couple days. Well, um... This past weekend was something called Glow with Pride, and it was done by an organization called Cosmic Events or something like that. Um, But it was a big, like, it was a festival, uh, a vendor festival, and there were slides for the kids and all kind of stuff like that. And it was basically a big rave uh, is what it turned into. And... um, (laughs) It was kind of neat. It was the, it's like the third time that they've done it. They've done it um, during Halloween and one other time. And uh, part of the proceeds and everything go to benefit the uh, Pride Center of West Texas. And so uh, we had a table and, and a dunking booth out there. And I got to scratch off a bucket list item because I actually got in a dunking booth. Okay. And, um, you know, in my head, I was going to do this dunking booth for like several hours. I signed up for two back-to-back shifts because this whole thing lasted 12 hours. It was a 12-hour party uh, that went from like 2 p.m. to to, um, to 2 a.m. And I, my shift was like 5 to 11, something like that. Not you working the old man shift. Stay up till 2 a.m., man. Come on. I mean, I could have, but why? <laughs> well, okay, I, I, now you know. I feel. I well, no, because I didn't want to tear it down and be. I didn't want to no. tear it down? <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to do the, the tear down work because then you would have to stay you said, and put stuff up. You said, I don't, I don't want close. to be the closer. Yeah, I don't close. <laughs> I don't close. <laughs> because we talked about last week, I'm slow. So you don't want me to close because I take too long. Anyway, um, so I got into Dunkin'. So this one family who were like people that we know, they had this little kid that came over. And this little kid is like not even, I think they say he wasn't even three yet or something. But he wanted to throw the ball and everything. And I'm just like, okay, I'll get in the Dunkin' booth. You know, I'll do it. So... I stripped down because I had planned on this. I stripped down to my little gray outfit and got in the dunking booth, which is hard. 
it's not built for people my size. This is this is built for skinny people shit. And so uh, I managed to get on the donkey booth and everything. And the kid had like we gave him a big bag of of uh, these hard little balls. And so this kid actually for a little kid had really good aim. He hit oh, this no. thing. He hit this thing twice, but he didn't throw it hard enough to where it actually caused me to fall. Okay. So he hit it twice, and it, he finally ran out of balls. And then his grandmother just ran up and hit the button. And so I, <laughs> so I ended up falling in the water. <laughs> it, was, it was cold. It was cold. It wasn't like freezing, but it was definitely cold. And uh, but it was fun. It was an experience. It's something that I can check off the bucket list. And then the hardest part was getting out of the donkey booth because, you know, in my head, I was going to get out of this donkey booth, get right back on the board and, and sit there and wait for the next person. Well, everything is built so narrow, even the steps on it, like my big old size, 15, 16 feet were not getting in the steps. And so just trying to get out of this thing was nightmarish. And I eventually went over the sidewall and, and it was just a just a big thing, a big production getting out of the ducking booth. That was just like, okay, I'm done. That was fun. <laughs> I would have cussed Granny out, bro. No, it was fun. <laughs> I'd have been like, I'd have been like, I will get dumped fairly. You ain't gonna run up and just press that button, Grandma. That's not how this works. Well, but fairly, I mean, the kid hit it twice. Give grow some muscles, kid. Time to hit the gym. <laughs> <laughs> he totally hit it twice, and so the you know how I kid, feel about participation trophies, right? <laughs> no, he 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 did his part. He hit it solid, like dunk, like the clang and everything, and so. It's such high anxiety. Like I don't like I I don't like being that stressed about things. Why were you stressed about it? Because I knew that I was going to fall into the water, and just the whole is it going to happen, or is he actually going to hit it? And and all the it's stressful. Yeah, okay, I got you. You know, it's stressful, and uh, it's like why I don't play Jenga. I I just Jenga. Jenga is the most stressful game I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> like just watching it causes Dude, me to, to about pass out. I am serious. Those blocks, <laughs> it causes me such high anxiety. And some of well, my friends, they like do it on purpose. They're just like they they because I'm, I'm watching them play. They're just like, oh, Courtney, I don't know. They're tapping on it. I'm just like, oh my God, it's going to fall. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> Dude, I would pay good money to be sitting next to you on one of those, uh, on one of those, uh, uh, amusement park rides that go up and then you're sitting there, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. You're waiting. Oh, no. And then it plummets. No, I pass out. Well, see, I don't do those kind of things. I don't screw with amusement parks. I see. I'm trying to curse less if you haven't noticed. I'm trying. Uh, I don't screw with amusement parks. I don't like them. I don't. I think they're dumb. Why? Would, like, <laughs> my thought is, why would you want to lose your life that way? Like, okay, if something happened, why would you want that to be the way you lost? Your 
That's right. how I look at it, dude. You're not getting me on a roller coaster. You're not getting me on one of those, whatever you call them, things that go up and they stop and they drop down. Like, no, I'm good. That's not for me. Not at yeah. all. I feel you. I, I, I really, I legitimately feel you on that. I am not a big risk taker. Um, however, I remember on, on um, a trip where I was teaching, a band trip, and we had the freshman band, and we are taking the freshman band to Six Flags. And all leading up to this, we had told the kids, you know, uh, you know, I, I made it very clear that I'm not a roller coaster guy. I don't do that. And so the other directors had something going with all the kids. Like there was a bet to who was going to get Mr. Ratliff to ride a roller coaster first. Nobody. Right. I'm just like, nobody's going to win. Cause I'm not doing this. Exactly. But then as soon as we got there, I went ahead and got on like Superman, that Superman, the ride that Poor was man. just like the bench thing that just shoots you way up in the air and, and, the Why? different hydraulic things. I just did it. I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. Uh. And everybody was just like stunned. Like that I actually did it. And I did. And it was, it was horrifying, but it was fun. But it was horrifying. But at least in that ride, I felt some level, a, a more of a level of control. Because all we're doing is going up and down. And what happens if it snaps? Well, if it snaps, it snaps, but we're just going up and down. I feel <laughs> a lot better than up and down than swinging me all over the place and turning me in different directions. And I'm just on some one little, you know, barely on a track type of a thing. So I was just like, okay, I'll do the Superman the right thing. But then I ended up doing a few different roller coasters that day. Oh, and, you're psychotic. Yeah, I was that day, but um, no more. Like, I, I've gone since, and I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing the Texas Giant, that big wooden roller coaster. Oh no! Screw that! Oh no! I'm nope, nope. And then like a lady died at that Six Flags. Yeah. Oh, I was just like, oh no, nah, you can shut down the whole park. It's and that's over. Why, and that's why I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was done, done. So I am not a risk taker. Um, I'm not about that life. So, but anyway, anyway, yeah, I can cross I know, dunk. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I can cross dunking booth off of my to do list because I was in a dunking booth, and it was easy. It was fun. It was actually kind of fun. Stressful, but fun. Uh, but I did that and stayed there for a while and everything. Uh, one of the vendors had this like moonshine. No, she had a trash can punch, and it kind of tasted okay. It wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. But it was strong, and she's drinking it, and she's like drunk. She doesn't even realize it's just she's drunk. You know? <laughs> she, it was one of those. I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. And me and one other person had like a cup, and we're just like, well, fuck. We're like buzz. This is, <laughs> this is pretty legit. She's like, I don't feel anything. I don't. Meanwhile, she's drunk. And so uh, we told more people about it, and more people kind of wandered their way over. And, like, you know, by the time I left, everybody was a little buzzed because everybody had had some of her potion. Potion. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a potion. That's the best way I can describe that. So that's what I did Friday into Saturday. And okay, then nice. uh, Saturday was was recovery because I'm old and, and was in a dunking tank. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know that that shock of going into the water kind of hard was it was a lot. I'm old. So uh Saturday was pretty much, take it. Right. So Saturday was was kind of recovery day. Um, I don't know what I did Sunday. There were like some days where I didn't even leave the house. Um, Monday, yesterday, went over to Odessa Ford meeting that involved involved Basin Pride in the Pride Center. And uh, that was interesting. Involving, you know, last week I talked about the poll thing in Odessa that got lit like a rainbow. Well, Apparently, and I said that, you know, some people got all but hurt over it. And uh, so we had to have a little meeting about that whole situation. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting. We're still, it's still an ongoing story. So uh, an ongoing investigation. So I won't really talk too much more about it. Oh, but, wait, I want all of the tea. <laughs> no, there's, there's not a whole lot of tea to be spilled just quite yet. Um, I might have to send you the, a link to an article. Okay. And then you'll understand, like, why... Because we weren't oh, this involved This is, like, in serious, it. serious. Yeah, this is, like, serious stuff. And uh, so, okay. gotcha. it was something that we weren't involved in, and somebody put our name in it, and now, all of a sudden, we're involved. And uh, it's not in a good way, because... The uh, conservatives of Odessa are, are all upset. They're clutching pearls, and so now, you know, we look like a we look like the bad guy and the cause for why this all happened. When in reality, we had absolutely nothing to do with it, gotcha. and somebody and we were thrown kind of under a bus, and so now we're trying to roll this bus out from under us in a way that makes everybody okay and so that is a challenge and uh, we're ready to meet this challenge and we will meet that challenge but uh, that's more to come and maybe when all of this you know it's very possible that something hits the fan and all of a sudden I'm having to go into activist mode and and rally the troops and and, you know I'm hoping that it doesn't come to that but if it comes to that then Wait, what listeners will be the first to know because I'm going to be calling on people to to get rowdy. Especially our friend uh, Lawyer Jenny over in Odessa because this is an Odessa thing. And one thing I did learn is that Odessa politics people are they're nuts. <laughs> I don't have any other way to put it. It's, it's I mean, different. It Odessa doesn't different... have Nino America though. No, thank goodness, and they probably because they wouldn't know because because the Nino America wouldn't know what side to be on over there. That that's that's the whole thing. It's just like it's so much fighting with each other just to fight with each other, and um, it's a ghetto ass city. No shit. 
<laughs> it, it's different. It's certainly different. And that was my my biggest takeaway from the whole experience was, man, this is Odessa. I I am, and so I'm having to deal with people that I've never heard of, but are supposed to be important players. And I'm just like, you know, my whole time, I'm just like everybody whose name gets brought up. I'm just like, well, who the hell are they, and why do we care what they think? <laughs> <laughs> You're over here trying to figure out all the characters. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out all the players in this little game. And then, you know, I get introduced as, well, this is the legendary Courtney Ratliff. He needs no introduction. No, just like, well, yeah, I do, because I need them to introduce themselves. Like, I don't know this motherfucker. Who's this? <laughs> Why are we here? What's going on? Yeah. So uh, it's it's all very interesting. And uh, when there is more, that, that might be a, a good wait what exclusive. Uh, down the road, but we're not quite there yet. But we're going in that direction, and depending on other things that happen, you know, this is something that I definitely will talk about eventually. But it's just not time to talk about it now. How's that for a teaser? <laughs> not a fan of it, but it's all good. Yes, that might have to be an off-the-air conversation. Okay. Because you know, there's there's stuff involved, but you know, it's it's not like it's just the hottest tea out there. There are other things going on in the world that are much more critical and important than than this whole mess. But it is a little bit of a situation and some drama and things that we'll, we got to take care of. Whatever. Um. What else? But other than that, I mean, that's. That's it. That's that was my week, and not a whole lot to it. Not a whole lot going on. I'm still bored. Still not mm-hmm. going to get a job because there's just not any time for that. Um. But yeah, that's where I am, and that's what leads us to what is on my mind. Which, again, is not much. I just. You know, as I read different things and I'm looking around and, and, and just thinking of what's going on, I'm going to reflect, I guess, a little bit about the 4th of July and make that comparison again to Juneteenth. And while I really want to be, like, I remember as a kid being all kind of excited about the 4th of July. I remember... Um, my grandpa and I would go out and buy fireworks. We would buy a lot of fireworks. I mean, so many fireworks. And then the whole family would gather and we'd all be over here at my house. And, uh, you know, I didn't because I've had anxiety all my life, I guess. But big stressful things like lighting explosives, I wasn't about that life. So... I would be standing off somewhere and everybody else would be lighting uh, fireworks and, and running for their lives. Cause I was not about that life. Cause I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm not going to, I'm going to run in the wrong direction and I'm going to catch on fire. And this is good. I'm not, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> so I did not do all the, the lighting of fireworks and all that stuff growing up. But my grandpa did, you know, my uncles did, um, other people did, but it wasn't me. 
but I always enjoyed it because it was a chance for the family to get together. It was a chance for hamburgers and hot dogs. We didn't do like, like we did. That wasn't really grilling. You know, it's not a barb. I guess this is a cultural difference because black people don't really consider barbecuing barbecuing unless there's ribs or brisket or something like that. Uh, white people consider barbecuing a lot of times it's just hamburgers and hot dogs. And I just call that grilling, but not necessarily yeah. barbecue. Yeah, no, you say that, but I, my dad, like when I grew up, my dad always used to make fun of people that would say, oh, we're barbecuing when you get there and it's hot dogs. Yeah, like that's so not like, barbecue, yeah. motherfucker. No, it's not. You're just grilling. You're, on, you're making food on the grill, but you're not barbecuing. My dad says barbecue has to be chicken and steaks and like brisket. Yeah, there you go. So no, I was raised the same way, and I've always like I always laugh if you're like, oh yeah, we're barbecuing, and it's like hot dogs on the grill. I'm like, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> like do your thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm totally with that on that. Um, a grill, and it's different. It's just different. I agree. Um. So, I always have had, I say all that to say that I have always had a tremendous amount of respect for the 4th of July. As I've gotten older, the 4th of July has taken on less significance. Um, Is it because my level of patriotism has dwindled? Possibly. Mine has. You know? I think that that's definitely a factor in the whole thing. I think that um, my understanding of what the country was founded on versus what the country was actually uh, has increased over time. And so I know that we were not a perfect union. I know that all of the, the rights and, and things that were being fought for in the 1700s had no application to me. Yeah. Especially during that time period. You know, later on, late, l- much later on, like literally a hundred years later, <laughs> then some of those, then those rights became my rights too. And those things, thanks to the Civil Rights Act, became my promises of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But it wasn't until then. So when I think about it like that, that was not not just 100 years. That's 200 years later. (laughs) 200 years later is when all of those realities of what the Declaration of Independence was became a reality to my people. And uh, when I think about things like that, am I really excited about the United States? It's hard. It's hard. I love this country, and I want this country to be fair for everyone. Um, I've heard it said before, I love this country, and I want this country to love me back. And that is why, you know, that is why I continue to fight for civil rights uh, issues. 
It's why I push so much for diversity, equity, and inclusion, because I think that those things matter. Um, I don't think that the United States is what it could be until we reach those goals of equity, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're still a work in progress. And we may continue to be a work in progress for several years to come because it's, it's just, we struggle. We get, we get close and then we have to take massive steps back. And right now in the, in the United States of America, we're continuing to take massive steps back. Um, be it with the overturning of uh, affirmative action um, or be it with, you know, um, losing gay rights, giving businesses the right to refuse service uh, to people just because of their sexual orientation. Uh, we're going backwards in the United States, and it's not in an effort to form a more perfect union. It's not in an effort to, to realize those things that were fought for in the, in, you know, when we were fighting for independence over England. It's just going in the other direction. And I just want people to be aware of that. And if you're aware of it, then maybe you can make a change. So that's what's on my mind this week. Um, not, not, you know, I, I don't know where else to process that and have that conversation, but that's what it is. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't know if you were done. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, it's really well said. And it seems like there's always some kind of a group being marginalized or picked on or treated lesser than another. And it's like, I I mean, I don't want to be dramatic and say it's never gotten better because like, okay, yes, it's obviously gotten better. But like, it's like you said, we take two steps forward and then we take two massive leaps backwards and then we take one step forward again and then we take two massive leaps backwards but history tells us that industrialized nations democracies con- uh, republic constitutions uh they all have to like completely utterly fail and be rewritten to like actually be successful so like america is just running its course and we're going to yep. get some kind of a new constitution or a new something, and it's going to be a whole overhaul of the democratic process and a whole overhaul of the electoral process and a whole evolution or de-evolution of how the country is run and looks and operate as a whole. But, like, we're not we're not an exception to any other country. Like, the U.K. Got, went through this. France went through this. Spain went through this. Russia has gone through this numerous times. China, Japan, India, like – this little constitution written by all your slave owners back in 1781 or 1783, whenever it was like, that's not going to hold for very much longer. And I personally think America 30 to 50 years from now is going to operate legally, democratically, politically, completely different from how it's operated in a 200 and whatever, 300 or whatever years prior. Um, and so I, I don't know. I just, we're nothing. We're we're not as special as we like to think we are, and every governing body runs its course eventually. And I think America is just getting to the point where the current governing body and the current way that we operate 
is not working for everybody and that's going to have to change and it's probably not going to be super pretty when it does but it is what it is i'm not saying there's going to be war i'm just saying it's probably not going to be pretty when it happens but well the people who benefit are not one go not going to want to lose those benefits and so that's why there's conflict yeah absolutely um yeah, no, I mean, you make a great point, and I feel like it's something that we talk about on the show all the time, but it's just, it is always something, and it's always the same group of people who are dehumanizing and marginalizing a new group of people, whether it's African Americans or it's, you know, Asians during COVID time, or now it's LGBTQ people, like, it's always somebody, like, it's always centralized white power targeting something. Yep. And it never stops. Never, never stops. stops. Never stops. Never and stops. It's disheartening. That it is. But you know, I'm I'm depending on the millennials to make a make a move here and have their moment. Viva la revolution. Where they, they make honest change and they fix things. And it and starts with the moment. Mali- <laughs> it starts with the moment. Has <laughs> that for transition? Yeah. So my millennial moment's not nearly that deep, people. Um, <laughs> so I did something. I applied for Master Chef. Oh, you you actually applied? I did it. I did it. I'm not ready. I'm not ready at all. (laughs) Uh, I got approved. Um, You apply, and then, like, you get invited to, like, uh, because they want to, like, they want you to answer questionnaires, and then they want you to, like, send in a video telling them about you and your personality and why you want to be MasterChef or whatever. Um, And they tell you, like, send them pictures of, like, your best plated dish and all these other things. so it wasn't like a very se- – I, I don't know if they just like blanket except everyone. I don't think they would. You got to think of how many people apply for that. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean like there's like um, – it's pretty much exactly how you told me. I think you were the one that told me. But like you do like this application process and then there's like a thing with producers and a thing with the actual judges. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got an email that basically said like that I had passed, I which maybe I don't understand this, but it said I passed the screening process. Okay. I don't know what I don't know what that means necessarily. And then it said to uh, watch my email, and I would get an email sometime within four to six weeks explaining the next step in the process of being America's next Master Chef. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if that means I got through to the producers or if there's even more. Like I don't know what they mean by screening process. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's like, uh, you know, they want to look at the applications. Are you like a legitimate person who actually has a story to tell and would be interesting enough to put on their show? Can you cook enough? Do you have a background in some sort of a cooking that, that says that, yeah, you would be, you know, you know your way around the kitchen? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that means, like, I get to go with the producer now or what. I'll have to wait and find out what they say. I got some cooking to do. I don't know how to make a souffle. 
I don't know how to make a chocolate lava cake. I don't know how to make turd. Like, all the time I watch these damn pressure tests, it's just baking, 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 baking. That's all they make them freaking do. Bake, 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 dessert, dessert, dessert. Every pressure test is just desserts, desserts, desserts. So I'm like, damn, I'm going to learn how to make freaking desserts, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, and Chef, so, and I do remember Chef Willie because that was his background. That was what he did first. Mm-hmm. Was he was a baker, and uh, you I know he not. said, "And you're not." So he, I do remember him saying that, you know, having a background in baking was was definitely helpful. Yeah, I bet because every time I watch the show, I'm like. Because I'll watch it, and I'll be paying attention. I'm like, okay, do I think I could do this challenge? And I'll kind of watch it. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I do know how to do that. Do, do I know how to do a perfect MasterChef level? No. But, like, I know how to do that. And then they'll be like, today you're making us a cheese souffle. And I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. I, I lost. <laughs> <laughs> I lost. I'm done. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't. I have no clue if. The screening process just means we verify that you're 18 and a legal citizen. Like, I don't know <laughs> if it just means that or if it I means. Did you have to check a button that says I am not a robot? I don't remember if there was a button that said that. <laughs> you know, the but it box. was like a damn like. Yeah, but it was a big ass questionnaire with me having to upload a bunch of things and send a little video in talking about myself and then they want to verify that like you've never been a professional chef and i even said in the video i was like you know i do have a history in the food industry like i've worked for jersey mike subs for x many years i was like if we're going to be slicing deli meats and putting vegetables on top of them then i'm probably too uh <laughs> too overqualified for this competition but otherwise i have a lot to learn <laughs> just like <laughs> Like, I don't think my Jersey Mike's gives me an advantage. Right. Uh, maybe, But I'm over here like, okay, because of my background, I have to do good during the team challenges or else I look bad. If I'm ever a team captain, I have to do good or else I would look awful. Um, What else? Oh, yeah. Under the pressure test, all I know is, let's say, I always say souffle, 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 because it's the number one thing that looks terrifying to me. Let's say I get, like, a pressure test with a souffle, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I go home. Garing freaking tea. One of my friends would be like, hey, bro, you want to get dinner tonight? Yeah, let's go get souffles. Oh, yeah, I would. Heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so, like, whatever the hell you go out on. Oh, yeah? So, so would you, were you like, constantly, were you like, constantly. hey, Willie, let's, were you like, hey, Willie, let's go eat vegan? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, I would, but you ha- but have you? <laughs> well, just because I didn't. So when he was here, I never did watch F- uh, that season five. Like I still haven't watched his original season. Oh, really? Yeah, I never did watch his. Original he was season. he was a sweetheart, and he was very good. But you can tell like they did not give him enough screen time, and there were just like way too many loud mouths on that season that like he just kind of got. Drowned out, unfortunately. If that makes sense. Oh. Like he was well, like, like he was great every time he was on there. I mean, even the episode where he went home, I didn't think he deserved to go home. Um, and that's not me being biased. I just really didn't think he was the worst. 
But it was just like there were just a lot of freaking like annoying people on that season, and Willie was just kind of in the background. I don't think they gave him enough screen time at all. Hmm. Yeah, but sorry, what were you saying? Um, you never watched season remember. five when he was here. Oh yeah, and so and you know he was still he was like currently on the season that redemption season when he was here, so I didn't have a chance to, you know, I didn't have that same opportunity or else. Like, when he cooked for me, you know, a private meal, then I would have had him cook whatever he went out on. Because I'm just, you know. You would have wanted vegan food? (laughs) No, I would have been wanting a redemption meal. (laughs) Um. Did he, he, he never told you that he didn't win it? He really kept it a secret the whole time? Yeah. He didn't even tell me when he he told you. No, he didn't tell me when he was leaving the show. Man, bro, if I'm just saying, if I come home $250,000 richer, y'all gonna know about it. Okay, like, that's <laughs> gonna be signs. I knew that he didn't win the show because, you know, he didn't have 250000 you know. I knew he didn't win, but I didn't know where he, what place he got. But now it all made sense because he kept telling me, you know, I kept telling him that I wanted to have you back out to do some kind of cooking thing. And he was trying to make me, you know, he wanted to be relevant when he came back out. And so he was just like, well, you need to try and schedule me before the end of August. You need to try to schedule me before the end of August. Well, right at the end of August was when he was off the show. So. He kept trying to tell me, but I just didn't pick up that hint. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Wait, so when it's the finale, is there time from when they record the show till the finale where they're not on a show anymore? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they get they, like a break? They've, no, 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 no. So they've already, like, it's done. It's all done. And then in... The show is all completed and done. They know who the winner is, but even the winner is not allowed to say who won until after it's all done. Until I'd be airs. telling every motherfucking body. <laughs> I mean, you'd be like Damien. You'd be like Damien. Did you win? I'd be like, I can't tell you that, but you want to go to dinner tonight? I got you. <laughs> See, yeah, then they and then Fox will come and take your check. <laughs> you don't win anything, so. You know, when they sign them, when they sign a contract, they sign a contract. And that's one of the things Willie was just like, you know, you're pretty sworn to secrecy when you do this. It's, they're very serious. So they, you know, they take that part very serious. They don't want you to talk about the show with anybody, including your own family. Like, you can't let your family know if you won or lost, you know, or where you finished. I need to talk to Chef and I need to ask him, like, one, I need to pick his brain on absolutely everything, and two, I need to know like, what does this screening thing mean, Chef? <laughs> does this mean I'm on for the producers, or is it literally just, hey, we verified you're a real person, we'll get back to you? <laughs> right. Um. That being said, so Sunday, so I've been practicing my cooking a bit. So Sunday, I cooked. These are like these like inch, inch and a quarter, so quarter inch and a quarter thick pork chops, um, and I marinated those. With some Cajun spice, because you know me and my Cajun spice. Um, <laughs> Marry those from Cajun spice, and then I seared those 
gave him a really nice ear, finished him off in the oven. Okay, bro, you're supposed to eat pork chops. Are you ready for this? At medium. My entire life, I have been told you do not eat pink and pork. Pork has to be cooked 100% of the way through. Do you know how terrified I was to eat that pork, Courtney? <laughs> Zariah literally told me my hand was shaking when I was having the pork. <laughs> like, funny. I have been told my entire life, you will get sick if you don't, if you eat undercooked pork. But every bit of research I've done says pork chops, this amount of thickness, cook it to this temperature. Gordon Ramsay on Always Cooking Show, your pork chops should be medium. It should not be done all the way through. It should be medium. It should be medium. It should be medium. And so I tried it and it was really good, but was it? It was freaking terrifying, dude. <laughs> terrifying. But I don't want to go on there and serve them some well done pork chop and they're like, what the fuck? And I'm like, pink pork scares me. <laughs> 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 and then I made a uh, I made a green apple red onion so I just diced and cubed the green apples I sliced the red onions and then I uh, soaked them in cold water for like five minutes and then I just did a mixture of fresh thyme fresh dill and then some lemon juice and made a little salad out of it man that shit was amazing oh god I'm so sorry I'm trying not to curse anymore I, I feel like I'm doing better but um <laughs> um when I tell you that salad was phenomenal, and like, and my original plan was to add some like really really nice pissed up bacon to it because I thought that crunch and that salt would really really go well with like the sweetness of the apples and just like the like the acidity of everything, just a little bit of that like salt punch. But the girls are like, no, no bacon. This is perfect how it is. Like, and plus, because pork chops aren't super fatty, especially if you render the fat down. And, you know, it's kind of like a leaner meat, I feel like. So I thought the fat from the bacon mixed with, like, the freshness and the acidity would go really well. But they were like, no, no bacon. So I was like, all right, cool. No bacon. I'll listen. I'll listen to your opinions. Um, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was plated terribly. I didn't really care to plate it. I just was throwing on a plate for us to eat. Like, nobody gave a shit. But it – damn it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh trying so hard i've been doing this at work too and everyone like keeps trying to make me curse i'm like no i'm trying to stop um <laughs> but yeah that dish was amazing and i was super super proud of it because i kind of like i didn't look it up i just like thought okay what would go well with this what have i seen people do let's take some elements from this and from that let's mix it together let's try it. it was really really good almost wonder if i should have put like a sauce to the pork because i've noticed they don't eat freaking anything without a sauce like not everything you need needs a sauce on it. Right. This just, is like, true. But they make everything with some kind of a sauce. I mean, they'll be like, this needs sauce. And it's like, no, it doesn't. I don't think it does, but I guess I'm wrong. And then um, I made mahi-mahi yesterday for the first time ever. And I feel like that was my best plating job out of the three meals I made the past few days. I did try really hard on that one. But I did some mahi-mahi. I seasoned that with some salt and some pepper, and then I just seared it, and then I baste it with a little bit of butter and some fresh herbs, and then I stir that over a bed of like white rice, and I put this like butter lemon sauce over the rice, um, and then I just made some asparagus on the side. Uh, delicious, really, really, really good. And then today we talked about it a little bit. I made the salmon with the smashed potatoes and the asparagus, so I'm trying. I'm trying to 
cook some things and try some plating techniques and try some flavor combinations and try some cooking techniques that I've never been super good at, work on my knife skills. I don't think I'm ready to go on MasterChef, if I'm being real with you, but I just wanted to apply for it and kind of see what would happen. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of go for it. Um, I'm only 26, bro. They'd be like 50 on this show. I got time. <laughs> well, I mean, but then they'll have like MasterChef Junior. And let's not forget about my boyfriend, Gabriel, who was a MasterChef Junior contestant that they brought back. And Gabriel's like in his mid-20s. Okay, you scared me when you said Master Chef Junior and my boyfriend Gabriel. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I was what? like, "This is what the conservatives say about us, Courtney." Calm down. No, oh my gosh. And I know I'm just being funny, but <laughs> um, no, his his original show was Master yeah. Chef Junior. Well, and those kids are better cooks than me. I don't care, but I don't think that I've. If I oh I'm sorry, Slash, I didn't know you were on. I went to pull the blanket. My cat went darting Um, I don't think if I went on that show, I'll, there's still so many things I see them doing. I'm saying I'm like I have no clue how to do that. I would be lost. I, I couldn't do that. So I need some work. But it, it was fun just to like see the process and everything. And hell, if they tell me I can come perform in front of the producers, then I'll do it. Because why wouldn't you? Um. But yeah, it was cool. It was a fun experience. You saw my three dishes. Which one would you try? You've seen them all on Facebook. You like two of them. Which one would you actually try? Uh, I don't. I can't answer that just simply because, like, I barely remember seeing them. And the only thing that's on my mind is um, the potatoes that I didn't know were potatoes. That I thought were scallops. <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> but I just explained what all three dishes were. Yeah, there it's all fish and pork chops. And pork, okay. And right, pork chops. I said and pork chops. All right, whatever. I'm like, I'm the last person who could be a judge on a cooking show because my palate is just it's so unrefined in comparison <laughs> to what it should be. You know what those judges do, and you know I can stand there with a fork and be an ass like uh, the bald guy Joe. Oh, he's such a dick. I, I could totally, you know, I can do that. Just say some stuff and be like, mm, this is a little uh, for me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro, but, but I feel that way. Like, sometimes I'll see the plates where the judge are like, this is amazing. I'm like, that don't even look that good. Like, <laughs> Right? Like, Gordon Ramsay would make a dish and he'll be like, phenomenal. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Right? Yeah, I mean, I, that's the way I am. I look at it, I'm just like, ooh, I'm not eating that. And then <laughs> yes. they, then yes. they eat, they're just like, oh, oh. Well, he has some, he has some di- dish, and it's like a mint pea puree on top of scallops with crisp prosciutto and, and like, black truffles. And I'm like, oh, this all sounds terrible. Right. And they just yeah, try to I make it sound you, fancy with all that other stuff. I'm, I'm not here for it. I'm trying to be here for it. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. my minor moment. I just want to talk about my cooking. Right on. Well, I think that's really cool that you actually, you know, you, you had told me that you wanted to, um, you know, try out an audition for MasterChef. Uh, but you, that you actually put that into practice and did it, that's that's pretty big. So 
congratulations on just doing that much. Yeah, you um, you telling me years ago to just do the podcast really made me just get a just do it mindset, and now I just do shit. Damn it! Good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you need a swear jar. <laughs> It's the fact that I it's the fact that I don't consider damn it a bad word and people are like, no, technically it is. And so yep. I'm just like, oh so. Yep. But, all right, but that's all not, I, he said the S word. I know, I know, but then I followed it up <laughs> with the damn it. <laughs> then you damned it because you said the S word. Exactly. Let's see. Right, Damien, do you have any recommendations for the good people? Uh, I recommend that our past vocal listeners like Heather and Sherry, y'all need to start commenting on things again. I'm starting to think you're not listening. Call them out. Well, you know, Heather has told me that she was behind. Wow. When I saw her. The, uh, did I talk about that going to Rotary Club? <laughs> you texted me about it, but you didn't. You never talked oh, yeah. about it on the show. So, not this past week, but the week before, I actually went to Rotary Club only to find out that there are multiple Rotary, Rotary, Rotary Clubs that meet in Midland. Like, why? I don't get that. But I was told that, you know, sometimes there are people who can't meet on a Thursday. And so there's a Rotary Club that meets on Tuesdays or meets on Wednesdays. And they basically are the same thing, same organization, but just meet on different days. I was like, well, that seems weird. I don't even know what the hell a Rotary Club is. It's... uh, uh, I'm trying to... It's like a, a group of professionals and retired professionals who get together and discuss ways to improve the city through various functions, through business, through um, health care, you know, different things like that. The meeting that I went to and part of why I went to that particular meeting was the speaker, the invite every week they have an invited speaker. And that week the speaker was Heather's husband, Kit. And he was teaching, he did a short course on how to perform um, CPR, hands, hands-only CPR. And I'm just like, well, this is something that's useful and good information. And so uh, that's why I went. And everyone was really super nice. They were, everyone was very kind. Um, I saw my good friend, Billy Johnson. He was there. And I still want to call him Judge Billy Johnson because that's all I know him by. But now he's just Citizen Billy Johnson. For now. For now. For now. Right, for now. Um, but I saw him there, and he's a member of the Rotary Okay. Of that particular rotary, I should say. Uh, but everyone was really nice and they were kind. And apparently, 
they just get together and, and they have like a whole room, a dedicated room at Midland College. And I was running late because I didn't know where they were. <laughs> and so I went to the student information desk and they're like, oh, you're so close. It's right around the corner. She walked me outside and pointed to their door and everything. And the door is covered up by trees. So you can't see that it says on there very clearly rotary. And so uh, I, I went in all the time. <laughs> yeah, I went in there and I was late and it was so weird because then I still had to like walk in the front. And Heather all takes me through the crowd of people. And, uh, it was it was it was a little traumatic, but that's okay. <laughs> and then as soon as she gets up to talk, she introduces me again and. I'm just like, oh my God, I just want to die. <laughs> just please stop looking stop. at me. <laughs> stop. That's funny. But uh, it was neat. Um, Rotary Club is, is pretty interesting. Um, it's definitely for a niche of people, um, professional people. Uh, I told them, I said, you know, this organization doesn't really lend itself to teachers and educators because during the school year, you meet at a time where we have to be in the classroom. And that makes, you know, it makes participation in something like this very difficult. They're, they agreed. <laughs> it's like, okay. Thank you for the information. And uh, you know, we, she and I talked a little bit after it was over and I went on about my day. And, and that's when Heather told me, it's just like, I'm so behind. I haven't listened to the show in quite a while. Um, wow. Heather, Heather is right now uh, taking a course in campaign management. So she is learning how to run an effective and efficient campaign, which is good for a lot of people in the area. Um, you know, she keeps bugging me about what am I going to run for? What am I going to run for? What am I going to run run? And so she'll be ready and fired up for that. Um, you know, this is encouraging her to maybe have a run for an office of her own one day. And I can see that in the very, very near future. And I'm excited about that prospect. Me too, because I was privy to those conversations. Yes. And so I'm excited about the uh, possibility of, of seeing Heather Bredemus on a on a ballot somewhere. Ratliff Bredemus 2072. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah, a long like way a, out there. I think you'd be I think you'd be like 110 by then. <laughs> Not even being uh, mean, bro. 2072 is freaking a lot. I would be damn near up. 80, bro. <laughs> oh but uh, yeah, I would be yeah. that old. I would be 70 Seven, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I better be dead by that point. My <laughs> God. <laughs> if, I were, if I weren't dead by that point, I would be spending every living moment trying to die. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, well, you know, it's so weird because when I was a, a child, I never dreamed of being old. And 
quite honestly, I don't know why I never pictured myself older than 35. I would never allow myself to, to dream past that age. And then once I got to 35, I was just like, I'm in uncharted territory. I'm in uncharted waters because I don't know. I never pictured myself being this old. And so even as it is now, I, it's so hard for me to picture myself, you know, continuing to age because I just, those are not dreams that I had. I, I, I dreamt that, you know, my life was going to end early. It would be something that, that caused me to not live this, you know, past. I think, I think all the same things, but you tell me I'm depressing when I say this. Well, because I don't say it out loud. <laughs> and, and it's just, you know, it's it's not necessarily things that I dwell on. I don't, I never did dwell on it. It'd just be like, hmm, I just don't picture myself being old. And then I go on about my happy little day. But I definitely don't dwell on it. And I never did dwell on it. Even now, I don't dwell on it. But it's just not, you know, my my... While I have an extremely vivid and active imagination, it's just I don't see myself as old. Yeah. As elderly. I'm old, but not elderly. I can't wait till you're elderly. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So you can like run me, roll me off a cliff or something? Or- oh, yeah. So I can pick out your ass. Absolutely. Terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> horrible, horrible. Do you horrible. have any recommendations for the people, Courtney? <laughs> I recommend getting better friends who won't <laughs> dream of bullying you when you're an old person. You bully me now when I'm young. You're going to get it when you're old. It's that easy. Well, no. I mean, you know, you're a young whippersnapper. You're supposed to be bullied by old mm-hmm. people. That's, that's the way that goes. <laughs> no, I don't have any recommendations for the people this week. Um, except I do recommend that everyone check out our other show, our sports show. Wait, sports? Wait, I know sports? there are a lot of you listeners that, you know, y'all are like, well, why aren't they talking about sports anymore? Because we have a whole other show for that that doesn't last quite as long as this one. Um, Especially the last two weeks, thankfully. They just have not lasted near as long. Oh, um, what the hell are we talking about this? Oh, we're gonna man, I'm ready. Oh, the heat. I am <laughs> I am excited. Do you know that one of the greatest spectacles in sports started on uh yesterday? One of the longest, oldest um traditions in sport started yesterday and I'm really excited about it. There were already some first round upsets and uh, yeah, I'm all over it. I'm all over it. And then of course, we're only at the halfway mark. We've been playing baseball since May and we're just at the halfway mark. (sighs) Still, you know, over 80 games to be played in the regular season. Pointless ass sport. Okay, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Baseball only gets more attention than soccer and other games because it used to be America's pastime. That sport is so irrelevant to anything. Don't Hopefully tell Will that. Don't Will tell can Will. hear it. I don't give a damn. 
Don't tell Will that. That is his sport. That's his dream. Um, tell him to pick a real sport. <laughs> and then I met a, a guy. I met this this um, young fellow who is a former collegiate baseball player. And uh, he plays softball here in, in uh, Midland now. And he's a nice guy. Good kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would you would definitely be interested in knowing him mm-hmm. for sure but uh i'm trying to get more into baseball I- i'm trying i really am and i told him that and i was just like i need your help developing a-, a love for this sport because i'm just not feeling it but it's the only thing going on right now and i need to like it so i'm glad one of us is trying yeah, I mean, you got to try. Got to try. I just, gosh, man. <laughs> it's America's pastime. And we're on America's birthday. You have to like baseball. It's, you have to at least pretend to like baseball today of all days. I don't even like this country. <laughs> I'm not even pretending to like this country on today. This is true. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Point taken. The hell? <laughs> but good Canadians, happy uh, 4th of July. When are y'all going to have a 4th of July? Because, like, aren't they still under British rule? Kind of, no. sort of? No. No? You should say no? Yeah, I'm like 99.9% sure they don't anymore. I, it's I, I don't know, because I still think that they like they recognize the queen. The monarchy, I think, is it. They just recognize the monarchy. Maybe so. Now that it's a king, though, I would try to not. I would try to not anymore. When it was Queen Elizabeth, okay, but now that it's King Charles, I'd be like, you know, I think we're good. Right. I've been like, look, we still played all that kings and queens stuff just because she was old, but she ain't around no more. So you know, we're done. We're not. We're not listening to King Potato Head. We're not doing that. So no, no more. But anyway, good Canadians, happy Independence Day! Thank you for listening. To today's episode we really do kind of like the country um you know we it's interesting i would love to know how canadians feel about america on america day and can you see our fireworks from across the border and uh because the fireworks are going off like right now outside oh, of my them. door can you hear me where you are I've been hearing for like the past hours yeah as soon as it gets dark and unfortunately this is going to be the situation for the next like weeks because people are not going to be able to get through all their fireworks tonight before they're too drunk to light their fingers on fire and then they stop they just pass out on the front yard or whatever yeah, and yep. so then they'll keep popping them night after night. Yeah, uh, I just don't like loud noises. 
I'm old. Yeah, you are. You are old. You are much older than I, for sure. Please, please. You are old. Yet, you're you're young in driver's license age, so that makes you younger. But when you when you think about it in actuality, I think you're you're really about seventy three years old. Okay, I'll take that. You take that, yeah. That's what that's kind of what I'm feeling. Yeah, I'm done. But uh, right on. Well, good citizens, thank you for listening to the show. Make sure that you share the show with your friends and family, co-workers, and all Americans. Because on this day, we declared that most of Americans are free. <laughs> most. And most. And we should celebrate that. So happy Independence Day. Happy Independence Day to you all. And until next time. I'm out. Have a good one.